The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, beginning with the 14th chapter. I invite you to be seated. It was two days before the Passover of the Festival of Unleavened Bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. While he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment of nard. And she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some who were there said to one another in anger, Why was the ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii, and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. When they heard it, they were greatly pleased and promised to give him some money. So he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day, of unleavened bread. When the Passover lamb is sacrificed, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples set out and went to the city and found everything as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he came with the twelve. And when they had taken their places and were eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and said to him one after another, Surely not I. He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the bowl with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. 
while they were eating, he took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though all become deserters, I will not. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this day, this very night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. He said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. Going out a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. He came down and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake, and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Immediately. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, and with him there were a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. They laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood near drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. 
Then Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me, as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. All of them deserted and fled. A certain young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes were assembled. Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the guards, warming himself by the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. Many gave false testimony against him, and their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. But even on this point, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But he was silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus said, I am. And you will come to see the Son of Man, seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. What's your decision? All of them condemned him as deserving death. Some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to strike him, saying, Prophesy! The guards also took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she stared at him and said, You were also with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I do not know or understand what you are talking about. And he went out into the forecourt, then the cock crowed. And the servant girl, on seeing him, began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. Then, after a little while, the bystanders said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to curse, and he swore an oath, I do not know this man you are talking about. And at that moment, the cock crowed for the second time. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said, Before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. 
Then the chief priests accused him of many things. Pilate asked him again, Have you no answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further reply, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival, he used to release a prisoner for them, anyone for whom they asked. Now a man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection. So the crowd came and began to ask Pilate to do for them according to his custom. He answered, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he realized that it was out of jealousy that the chief priest had handed him over. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate spoke to them again, Then what do you wish for me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him. Pilate asked them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard of the palace that is the governor's headquarters. And they called together the whole cohort. And they clothed him in a purple cloak. And after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on him. And they began saluting him. Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck his head with a reed, spat on him, and knelt down in homage to him. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. They compelled a passerby who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him, dividing his clothes among them, casting lots to decide what each should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two bandits, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, Aha, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, chief priests along with the scribes were also mocking him and saying among themselves, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified him with also taunted him. It was noon. Darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, I'm a Sabachthani, which means my God, 
My God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders heard it. They said, listen, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now when the centurion who stood facing him, saw that in this way he breathed his last. He said, truly this man was God's son. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother mother of James the younger and of Joseph and of Salome. They used to follow him and provide for him when he was in Galilee. And there were many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. When evening came, and since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate, and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. Then Joseph bought a linen cloth, and taking down the body, wrapped it in a linen cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where his body was laid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. And they wrapped him in linen and laid him in a... Yeah, a tomb. Three, four months ago, if I say, they lapped, and they found him wrapped in linen, lying in a manger, we have a very different feeling. There's a circular nature to Jesus' life. It begins as light among us. The Word of God incarnate dwelling with us, coming to us, and in this we experience jubilation, a wonderful celebration of the promises of God coming to life, literally, in front of us. And in the mystery of this precious word, found in a very feeble form, we celebrate. 
And in the beginning, this form was very, very good. But over the time, this word made flesh lost its charm to us. It lost its charm because this word made flesh was pretty insistent on doing things God's way. Was very insistent on proclaiming forgiveness to those who had no right to it. Of proclaiming grace for those who were still clearly sinning. It was insistent that the hungry be fed whether or not you had an abundance in front of you. It had an insistence that the sick be healed. It had an insistence that power be confronted. It disrupted life as it was typically done. It refused to play by the same rules that were popular at the time. And the life that was celebrated in its 33rd year was snuffed out. Because that life had been seen as disruptive and heretical and showed faith to us in a different way. That life does not end. But in the same circular nature, we seek to snuff it out again and again. When Jesus comes to us as the Word made flesh each Sunday in our service, it is a joy from time to time to hear of this great forgiveness, and it is a joy from time to time to hear of this great grace and mercy. But from time to time, this Word disrupts us. And we are told none too gently that we too must have lives that are turned upside down so that the poor might be cared for and the sick might be healed and the hungry might be given food and our entire lives are to pick up a cross in the same fashion and give ourselves away as bread for the hungry and poor and sick. And whether we turn a deaf ear to this word or whether we actively attack this word, the result is the same. We seek for it to be snuffed out. It will not be. And yet... Each time this word returns to us, it doesn't return to us with a vengeance. It doesn't return to us saying, I have had it with you. It doesn't return to us saying, why aren't you listening? It returns to us saying, grace and peace to you. It returns to us with the same mercy and the same forgiveness each time. Today, the Word of God incarnate will come to you in, with, and around bread and wine, wrapped once again in linen. And it will say very closely to you, this is my body, I give it to you. This is my blood, I shed it for you.
it will pronounce grace and mercy and forgiveness to you. And you will find in it great joy and great disruption. For God loves you and your life will be turned once again upside down. This is the good news of our Lord. Amen.